Stampede! Garner isn't number 38.
don't think any of us can deny America is in the midst of a political season. The signs are everywhere, and not just symbolic signs like presidential elections occurring every four years. No, I mean every major highway in this country has stickers and signs plastered everywhere, stuck in the ground, billboarded, or worn on a button, on a hat, a jacket, or even a piece of underwear. Once, I remember when I was young, driving out west, I stopped off at a restaurant that was having a rally for local politicians. It consisted of strippers for America. And I don't mean antique dealers who strip off paint and furniture. No, this was a political rally supported by strippers, both male and female, endorsing a local politician. I mean, I was hungry and wanted something to eat. And there's nothing like stopping at a restaurant to chow down on some home fried chicken and mashed potatoes with white gravy while half-naked men and women wearing patriotic underwear were coming over to my table to convince me to vote. There might actually be a connection to voting and being sexually aroused. It's common knowledge whenever a candidate's personal information is revealed, the voting public is immediately drawn to whether there's a sexual scandal involved. The question is, has he been faithful to his wife and children? If it's a woman running for office, has she been known to politically succeed by using her body to gain favors? It's pretty obvious. Politicians are notorious for being involved with sexual misconduct. It's true when looking at this. The misconduct is more common with men than with women. But considering how things have been changing, I wouldn't be surprised to learn an increased number of women are using their political positions to fulfill their hidden sexual interests. The halls of local politicians, the legislative state capitals, and federal offices are hotbeds of sexual activity. There isn't an aide to a U.S. senator while working on a campaign strategy late at night in some hotel room who hasn't been knocked on for a little hanky-panky. I mean, sex is everywhere. It could be from a senator or amongst the staffers themselves. It's when political strategy meetings eventually lead to sexual contact. I see it all now at a Best Western hotel when a male aide leans over to a newly arrived attractive female volunteer. He says... Here, read this survey about our opponents' favorability among 25 to 30-year-old voters. Oh, thanks. He leans over and touches her hand 
as he gives her the survey. You'll find line seven especially interesting. I'm ordering a pizza. Are you hungry? Oh, yes. I love pizza with everything on it. Of course. It's just the way I like it as well. Yes. Now, you understand how food and sex eventually end up in politics. It starts on a late night in a hotel room during a strategy session to elect a candidate and invariably starts with the ordering of a pizza with everything on it. Besides the entertainment industry, I don't think there's another profession like career politicians who find a way to be sexually gratified. Of course, the first thing politicians want to do is wrap themselves in an American flag and proclaim their patriotism. They love proclaiming they're working for you. And it's probably true, the further away they are from their constituents, like being sent to Washington, D.C., they're more inclined to have affairs. It's more difficult to conduct sexual relationships in a local setting where everybody knows one another. But even so, that old adage, all politics is local, never discounts a run-in with a secretary in the copying room. Yeah, that's right. Politics is sexually weighted. Even back rooms for judges in private chambers have a sense of consensuality. The common denominator is always power. People love being close to power.
yeah, there's a whole lot of sex related to politics. And you know, I've refrained from talking about the candidates in the 2020 political season. The truth of the matter is, I'm not qualified to give specific details. Although I'm sure during this season, private investigators and everyday gumshoe detectives across America are being hired in record numbers for digging up information about any affairs. There's nothing like a photograph of a female Chinese diplomat walking out of a hotel arm in arm with the owner of an NFL football team. Or maybe I've got that all wrong. Maybe old photographs of some politicians being entertained on Jeffrey Epstein's island in the Caribbean. We like to say it's an expression of our democracy. Our politicians are freewheeling lovers doing the will of the people. Of course, if you've been listening to Garner Isn't, you know I'm not convinced what we got here is a democracy. It's more along the lines of a manipulation. Yeah, it's not much different than going to a chiropractor's office to get work done on your neck or back. A four-year presidential election is nothing more than a realignment to the body politic. Let's see. With modern technology today, the public lies down on a table while someone behind a curtain pushes some buttons to lower a machine to crack America's seized-up back. And guess what? Everybody feels better because they think they got a chance to vote. I can't remember what the numbers are, but I think it's less than 55% of the voting age population in the U.S. actually voting. We like to think we have the right to vote, even if we've lost the faith that voting will make a difference. But it's probably true. If someone says you're not going to be able to vote, or worse, you found out you've been manipulated into voting for someone or something, I think I hear someone screaming, please, please, please.
to hear you say, I, I, I. Yeah, if you're old enough in America, voting might be one of your rights. But if you know anything about American history, voting has had a checkered past in this country. Before 1828, if you weren't a white man and didn't own property, you weren't permitted to vote. Today, it's safe to say more people have been given the right to vote. It's just that manipulation runs wild in the process. Where I come from, it was common knowledge during important elections. Ward bosses in a big city would drive elderly nursing home patients to the polls to vote, and it was a common practice to give them a few dollars to do it. Let's see, have I got this right? Sex and money play an important part in the lives of politicians, and that isn't necessarily in the order of importance. Yeah, we're in the midst of a political season in this country, and I always like talking about the things we do, and that isn't always easy, because it's difficult to understand who and what we are. It's safe to say We aren't like other living things on the planet. But the truth of the matter is, every species is somewhat different. It's just that we live by different rules that make us dangerous to everything. I keep pounding the table about the consumerist world we live in and the harm it produces. Not just to our physical world, but psychologically. And I may be accused of raising unimportant issues, like saying politicians use their power to gain sexual favors. And I would be remiss in not mentioning what has been happening for the last month across the world, something everybody is aware of. And it's not about one of our upcoming presidential elections. I've been telling you how consumerism can't continue. It breeds dangerous values, values of false profits, values of greed, values of violence. And I'll say this, what's been spread around the world, the coronavirus didn't come from the natural world. It's man-made and as such, can only have been developed as a weapon. I'm not in a position to determine if it began in our human population intentionally or accidentally. I am certain of this. It's a serious event. It's a man-made thing, because if it had come from nature, it would have presented itself long ago in humans. No, somewhere... This thing was made by humans, and at this point, it's difficult to determine if it can be contained. I'll say this, 
the weapons humans build come directly from a need to protect economic systems. And it's apparent in the world today, economic, social, and political turmoil is playing out in front of us. And serious miscalculations can be a result. It's possible if people contract this virus, they may not die from it, but it could have long-term physical effects by being infected. There are over 7.7 billion people in this world, and it's difficult to say how this will play out. I know consumerism has brought some nasty things. Profits have been derived from natural resources like oil and fossil fuels. And I don't doubt those fuels have propelled economies, but it's threatened our environment, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the climate we live in, and the natural survivability of other species have all been affected. Consumerism has brought us to a dangerous place. The coronavirus may be contained by us, but it's clear it is something we developed, and it comes directly from the turmoil that is consumerism. Need I remind you of two recent environmental catastrophes, both of which still threaten large areas of the natural world. First, the blowout of the Deepwater Horizon oil rig in the Gulf of Mexico, with devastating effects on the Gulf ecosystem, and the melting down of the Fukushima nuclear power facility in Japan, still spewing out radiation into the Pacific, and as of yet, causing undetermined damage to the natural world. If the coronavirus is man-made, we don't know if it can be transmitted outside of our species. And if it can, it won't just be a reduction in our human population. No, shame on us. Shame, shame, shame. If this virus was made by humans and begins eliminating large populations of the natural world, we will have not only produced havoc amongst ourselves, we will have destroyed our true meaning, our greatest value, because of our need for profits. Shame.
This week on Garner Isn't, the music you first heard was Foreigner, a 1984 recording, I Want to Know What Love Is, then Annie Lennox, Eurythmics, a 1983 recording, Sweet Dreams, followed by James Brown, Please, 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 and finally K.S. Rhodes, our corner of the universe. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.